This is the Horse Radio Network. Hello, everybody. This is your producer, Jimmy, with episode number 1920, a best of. The gang is out today, so we are rolling things back to May 3rd, 2017, where they chatted about all things Kentucky Derby with Around the Track podcast host, Scott Jagow. Listen in. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Well, good morning, everybody. We are back live, and I am Glenn the Geek, back in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm still in Kentucky. No, I'm not. Mentally, I am. Uh, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona, and you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 3rd, episode 1689, brought to you today by Horselovers.com. Good morning, Horse World. Big Wednesday, the day you face your own biggest challenge, the day you risk it all. The day you either distinguish yourself or fade into the crowd. Hang on, we're hitching a ride. Daddy, I want another pony. I put 40 hours in this weekend, man, it's only Wednesday. I've been cussing this damn heat all day long, there's got to be another way. So I pick up my guitar and I write a song. Well, it is Wednesday, oh. and we're back. We're back. We're back live. Yes, I'm home for like the first time, I think, in a month. I mean, I've been gone like the whole month. It's crazy. There, and Chad I'm just sure that going. you came home and the house was perfectly clean, done by a professional. The barn was clean. The stalls were perfect. Chad says, I'm so glad you're home. <laughs> <laughs> That was pretty much how I walked into it. But that's okay. He did an amazing job, and I do appreciate everything he does. It's one of the things you learn as a horse husband. You have to weigh, okay, do I want to go to another horse show, or do I want to stay home and take care of the rest of them? Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> the thing. Do I want to go like on this note, or do I just want to have to take care of everything? And he, and he opted to take care of everything. And from what I can see, everything got fed. Well, that's good. There was nobody starving to death when you got home. Nobody, nobody <laughs> was dying. Nobody was colicking because I hadn't had water. Like it was good. You had chickens left. The coyotes hadn't got them all. Knock on wood, all the chickens still here. Monty Roberts lives on. <laughs> that's good to hear. I'm sure, Monty will be happy to hear that too. You know what you said though about uh, you posted. What, I think you posted the other day about. Rolex hangover or text yes. that you had Rolex. It's true. You do get Rolex hangover. And then we made this stupid mistake. We left actually before show jumping and watched it on the way home uh, on the feed, which worked out very well. Uh, but we were going to go to get below Atlanta. And then I got below Atlanta and it was like nine o'clock. And I said, well, I can keep going. And then it got to be 11 o'clock and we could see Florida was only a couple miles away. I'll just keep going. One thirty, we got in. <laughs> so. Oh my God, you're so cheap. Get your dang wife a hotel room for crying out <laughs> well, loud. Well, you know, by the time it got to seeing Florida's like, oh, I don't, I, I'm awake a little bit. And then, and then that went away. And then I like, sleep. We're too far like, now. Yeah, we're exactly, too far in. Press exactly. On. That's exactly what happened. Because who wants to yeah. stay an hour from home? 
right? I know. Uh, yeah. I know. It's, uh, that would stink. But I have to tell you that Monday morning, my flight was changed. I, this has never happened. Frontier contacted me and they're like, I know your flight was at seven, but it's now going to leave at 620. What? That yeah, never happens. They, <laughs> he mess, it called me and told me. And so 620 in the morning, boom, there we are, um, which means you have to get up and catch the airport shuttle at 430. So I'm getting everybody up at four. And so it was Abby and her mom and Lucas and I. And so talk about that's one o'clock in the morning, my time. Oh, my God. I've been hung over like you read about. But you that's about OK. As, we got in late. We got in about time you were getting up. <laughs> that's <So>. very true. <laughs> there. Exactly. <laughs> It was fun, though. We had a good time. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, but then we're we're going to talk a whole lot about some other stuff Jennifer's going to tell us about. Coming up on today's Horse Lovers Wednesday edition, it's Kentucky Derby time again. So we will open with a lighthearted look at this year's race, as well as the most hallowed of competitions, which comes up this weekend as well, badminton horse trials. We all wish we were there. And then at the finish... We will chat with Scott Jago from the Around the Track podcast, and he's going to bring us the expert view of this year's Run for the Roses. So stay tuned for the fray, folks. Thank you very much, Jennifer. And it is time for Daily Winnies. I'm giving my Daily Winnie to researchers who are finally, after all this time, doing research on Lyme disease. It is Lyme Awareness Month, the month of May, and I'm, I'm trying to put a, together one of our Lyme and People specials that we'll put out on a couple of the feeds here. Uh, but it uh, they're finally doing research, and hopefully something good will come of it for everybody out there. And I know we have a lot of listeners that suffer with Lyme as well. So hopefully, keep your fingers crossed. My Daily Winnie goes out to our listener. Her name is Kathy White. And Kathy White was and is in Phoenix visiting. So she messaged me and said, can I come out? So, yep, she came out last night. We hung out and, and she got to meet Thor and Zeus. But honestly, she was most excited to meet Magic and Lucky. <laughs> Magic, of course precious magic, the little rescue pony. And, uh, uh, she was like, can I do some Reiki on her? And I said, sure, but it was feeding time. So that was <laughs> not going to happen over well <laughs> for a horse that had zero food. They sure know when feeding time is uh -oh. like, like it did not take long for her to understand. Like this is when we eat. Well, at least she's hungry. That's good. She, oh, she's real hungry. We ain't got, that's not a problem. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks to Kathy for coming out and visiting and meeting all of us. And, and we uh, enjoyed your visit. Very good. Well, let's uh, just talk a little bit about the weekend. We had a great time. Thank you to all the listeners who joined us all weekend. I think we were with the listeners all weekend, actually. Uh, it yes. Was, it was a lot of fun. We had a great time. Uh, we, we had some good shows, I thought, that we put together. And uh, and it was it, it was fun. God, the the jumping at the end there with Michael, you know, making his one rail and still winning and being the god of all things eventing. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just that's that horse's third year in a row. I just <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. It's just crazy. eventing nation has a cool um, ten questions with the groom uh, of uh, of Michael and and the mare and. Oh my gosh. It's just like, you could just tell she's in awe of Michael and the horse as well. 
She's just like, I just, I mean, it was really, really positive and really interesting to read. So uh, you can check that out or I'll, I'll post that link. I mean, it was amazing. And you know what? He was like really excited. Yeah, he was. I was, uh, you know, and, and you don't see him excited too often. So it was good to see, actually. He looked like he he was thrilled and he's won it like eight, you know, what, this is the third year in a row. So three in a row that's yeah. never happened it was amazing congratulations to michael and for sure and what a art. horse i mean jeez yeah so uh he definitely uh deserved it he he won again and guess what he's on his way to badminton warming up the horses i saw lisa wallace uh was photobombing one of his horses at badminton this morning <laughs> <So>. <laughs> was she really <laughs> yep she was so I think that uh, he's on his way there to try and take home more money. And uh, you know, I watched the cross-country preview of badminton yesterday in the video. There, I, I don't know what it is, but their obstacles, their jumps, look so different than ours and so much mature. They use the landscape more, I think, is what it is. There's a lot of steps. There's, you know, it just is different. Am I wrong about that? Uh, it's, well, I think the whole experience is different. I mean, it's just another part of the, part of the world. And so everything, the designers and the course and the backdrop and the head, the materials are all different, you know? Well, the backdrop's definitely different. That's, that's pretty (laughs) (laughs) One of these days we're going to go there, Jamie. It's on our bucket list. I know. It's on our bucket list. We'll get to see it one of these days. Well, um, the other thing I wanted to remind everybody is Really Bad Ads is back this Friday. So we will be, pick- I don't think we picked the winners from, did we pick the winners from last month? I don't know that we've done that yet. So we'll do nope, that. We haven't done winners yet. Okay. And we'll announce the new prizes. We got some great ones for you this month. I think you're really going to like. So we'll announce that. So get your entries into Jennifer at horseradionetwork.com. I have a favor. If you could record as many as possible, because I am leaving immediately after the show to go see the movie premiere in Miami, and I don't want to work too hard on Friday. So uh, if you could... What movie premiere? uh, The the Messengers movie, the final version. I haven't seen the final version. We just saw the rough cut. So they're doing it at a big old theater in in Miami, and I'm driving down for that on Friday. So Gotcha. And Emily from uh, Emily, the who does jumping, Emily Thompson, is going to be joining me. She's my date for the movie premiere. And some listeners are going, too. Mo and her friends are going, so it's going to be fun. How many times have you seen this movie? Uh, Actually, we only saw the rough cut once, and it wasn't finished. So I really haven't seen it at all finished yet. Oh, so this is a big day. Okay, yeah, good, yeah, we have not good. seen the finished thing. With the rough cut, we saw the sound wasn't done, and the they actually the movie wasn't done. So yeah, so this is this is the first time I'm seeing the final cut, and it's on cool. the big screen. I want to see myself twenty foot tall. You see your face on the big yes, screen. That's, right. <laughs> that's so cool. I'll take pictures. Are uh, you gonna have to like dress incognito so people don't mob you? Or are you gonna like wear the hat? And, I'm like, wearing a hat, baby. I'm going, yeah, Emily and I are going in. We're going in. Yep. Nice. So it should be fun. All right. Anything else before we get to you know what? Uh no. I got I'm ready to talk some derby, man. All right. I gotta get you in the mood though. We gotta switch from Rolex gear to Derby gear, and I have something that's gonna help. Us okay. and the listeners accomplish that. 
Horse racing in Kentucky is rich in history, dating back to 1789 when the first race course was laid out in Lexington. It was almost 100 years later in 1875 that Churchill Downs officially opened and began its tradition as the home of the Kentucky Derby. While traveling in England and France in 1872 and 73, 26-year-old Colonel Meriwether Lewis Clark devised the idea of a Louisville jockey club for conducting race meets. Upon his return from Europe, Clark began development of his racetrack, which would serve to showcase the Kentucky breeding industry. The track would eventually become known as Churchill Downs. 80 acres of land approximately three miles south of downtown were leased from Clark's uncles, John and Henry Churchill. For his inaugural race meet, Clark created three major stakes races, the Kentucky Derby, Kentucky Oaks, and Clark Handicap, all modeled after three premier races in England, the Epsom Derby, Epsom Oaks, and the St. Ledger. The track formally opened May 17, 1875, with four races scheduled. The winner of the first race was Bonaventure. However, the winner of the day's featured event, the Kentucky Derby, was a three-year-old chestnut colt named Aristides. A new grandstand was unveiled in 1895, topped by two spires. They came to be known as the Twin Spires, a simple architectural element, and would become the symbol of Churchill Downs and the Kentucky Derby. As the Kentucky Derby grew in popularity, so did the racetrack. Since opening in 1875, Churchill Downs has continued to evolve, undergoing many renovations while embracing the future of horse racing. But as thousands visit these hallowed grounds each year, the history, traditions, and mystique of Churchill Downs remain true as one of the most legendary horse tracks in the world. Welcome to Churchill Downs. It's Kentucky Derby Day, and we're at Churchill Downs in Louisville with a record crowd watching 20 of America's leading three-year-olds parade to the post. They're up. Keep your eye on the horse moving out from the inside rail into the lead. That's War Admiral. Inside, there goes Raymond Earl, and Affirmed is right there and challenging between horses. On the rail, and it's also moving up. Then it's six legs back to the next horse, Sir Sir. Head of the stretch. For the moment, Seattle Slough still battling it out together. And here's from Dusty Run now, closing ground and moving in the third. Here's second as they approach that half-mile pole going into that far turn. Sweet Northern Saint has picked his way through the pack. He's down on the inside for Barbaro in the clear, poised as they move into the far turn. And he's moving up to be fourth now. And then Colonel John, Colonel John comes up to see late as the field turns for home at the top of the stretch. And it is big round. Four rows open now. Stretch and it's Nyquist. 
last. Nyquist has taken the lead on the outside. Gunrunner, second at the rail. Five lengths back to Destin in third. And they come to the final. Furlong Exaggerator is closing in. Nyquist to catch with a 16th to go. Gunrunner, Exaggerator on the outside. Nyquist and Exaggerator. They're coming to the line together. And Nyquist is still unbeaten. He has won the Kentucky Derby. Larry Colmas is so exciting. He's just so good at calling these races. Well, Glenn, uh, I feel like we could go over the field and talk a little bit about each one of the horses. I've been doing a little homework, post-Rolex, pre-Derby homework, cramming. I was never good at homework, but my God, you put an assignment like this. Before we do that, though, can I ask you a simple question? Uh oh. Have what? you washed the hand that petted California Chrome? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I showered, yes, but I put a glove on it. <laughs> we so. got to meet California Chrome. It was so cool. It was really neat. It was really neat. Actually, like they uh, they parade you kind of up to the stall and they let you, hey, this is California Chrome. Okay, move along. And everybody moved on, and Glenn and I are like, let's go Facebook Live. <laughs> and so turns out the groom was in the stall. The backstory on this is they were getting him ready for some appearance that he had. And so the groom's like in the stall, like, can I pet him? And he's like, okay, he bite. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. He tried to bite me, and I loved it. <laughs> but, yes, I did pet him. It was Pretty fun. Cool. And, and we would also want to thank uh, Duncan Taylor, who is the CEO of Taylor Made Farms and, of course, the sponsor, a title sponsor of Around the Track, uh, came down and talked to us for, like, 20 minutes. It was so nice. He was awesome. Yeah, it was, it was really that nice. That guy's a visionary, him. though. Like, he gets it. Yes. He gets how he's going to make things. He's going he's gonna to continue – Horses and horse racing for generations to come because of his vision. Exactly. Absolutely. And I think he's one of the ones leading the way to opening the farms up to people, you know, so that they, uh, oh, anybody can enjoy it. And it, it was really cool. It was fun. It was a fun day. But I had to, I had to ask you about that because you swore you'd never wash your hand again. I know. Well, I'm where I, I shower. I mean, other parts need washed, but just not that part. Um, <laughs> All right. This year. This year, we've got, you know, this is the field and the odds of the horses. Now, they are going to be doing the post-position draw later today. So, this is kind of what we all think right now, uh, how it's going to go. You're, you've got two favorites, but there's no outstanding favorite like there has been in the past. But there's two horses that currently are at 4-1, to one, and that's Classic Empire and Always Dreaming. Uh, I'll, I'll go through these horses a little bit more in a minute, but Irish roar war cry is at 13 to two McCracken is at seven to one. And they just kind of go down from there. Um, just to tell you a little bit about each horse, Glenn and Jennifer. So you guys can, uh, even at the end of this kind of give me like an early pick. Uh, we've got Gervin and Gervin is trained by Brad Grady and ridden by Joe Sharp. And he's coming off wins in the Louisiana Derby and the Risen Star Stakes. Both of those were over a mile. So he's gone the distance. And he's actually and he's won sitting his last as two the races. points leader leading into it. So Exactly. Yeah. This is a points like the, the order I did. This is the order of points that they have. So that's the highest to lowest. Uh, Classic Empire has won over $2 million, but he also won the Breeders' Cup juvenile last year. John C. Oxley is the trainer. Mark Cassie is the rider. Um, 
And the thing is, he had some soundness issues, but it turns out it was an abscess, but like a really pesky abscess. Uh, but he had a really long layup and coming off the layup, then won the Arkansas Derby. And so he's, he's obviously back. been lazy. He's only won $2 million as a three-year-old. I mean, just, I know. Yeah. Well, th- th- that, that money is definitely <clears throat> sponged, you know, and helped out by that Breeders' Cup win. Yeah. Uh, Gormley is the next one. Now, this is an emotional pick for me because Gormley is owned by Jerry and Ann Moss and trained by John Sheriffs. And if you don't know who John Sheriffs is and Moss is, think Zenyatta. And I, I, I'm sorry, the, the, the trainer is John Sheriffs, but the jockey is Victor Espinoza. Uh, who, okay. I mean, come on. I know I've been saying the jockeys, but I was actually meaning the trainers. Um, and the last race that Gormley ran was the Santa Anita Derby, which he won. So I feel like he's coming off a big win and he's got Zenyatta connections. Hello. You must love him. Uh, I rap his own way. He and classic empire are the two that I've seen written about the most so far. Really? Well, I just don't, I got it. We'll come. Well, I'll find a list of why the horses were named what they were named because Gormley is not my favorite name, but I think it's it's not the name of a triple crown winner. Is it? It's not like, uh, you know, American Pharaoh. Gormley. I know exactly. <laughs> um, I I rap. I think it was named after a painter. Actually, uh, I rap is trained by Doug O'Neill and by Redham Racing, and um, these are the same people that owned and trained last year's Derby winner Nyquist, and just won the Bluegrass Stakes, and nobody thought he would. So, so that's how he got in. Is he won the Bluegrass Stakes? Irish War Cry, trained by Graham Motion, uh, won the Wood. Won the Holy Bowl. This is one to beat, I think. Is that another one that people have been talking about, yes. Glenn? Yes, and yes. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And yeah, I just, actually just like the name, it. so that's high on my list. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I've got I've got a a thing later. I'll tell you about him. Uh, Thunder Snow. Thunder Snow is owned by Godolphin, trained by Saeed Ben Saror. I just, he's an Irish bred horse, but has been living and racing in Dubai. And they won the UAE Derby. He's well bred and uh, for Irish, uh, Irish bloodlines, um, not familiar to the US, but he's well bred and they must have confidence because they're not going to bring him here from Dubai to run in the Kentucky Derby if they don't think he kind of has it. So. Although if you think about the history of the horses that have been brought over from, from Dubai and, and various places uh, over there, they've never done well in the Kentucky Derby. And there's always one or two horses that they bring over for, for this race, and they just never do well. Maybe this year will be the different year, but it, it's been in history, it's, they've never done well. Who knows? Yeah. Always Dreaming is another one owned by the Brooklyn Boys, B-O-Y-Z stables, trained by Todd Pletcher. By the way, Todd Pletcher, if you're counting, has like three in this. Uh, He just won the Florida Derby, but before that, he won a claiming race and then his maiden race. So kind of not raced a ton, but qualified by winning the Florida Derby. Gunavera is uh, trained by Antonio Sano. It's a great heartwarming story about the trainer. I'm going to let Glenn tell him, but the horse was third in the Florida Derby and first in the Fountain of View Stakes. So Antonio Sano is the trainer. Tell us about him. 
Well, this is one of the people stories that you're going to hear a ton about on NBC on Saturday. Uh, he was a he lived in Venezuela. He was known as the czar of Venezuelan racing. Basically, he he was a trainer in Venezuela. He won thirty three hundred and thirty eight races at the one track, which was a national record. But as you know from the news here lately, Venezuela is not doing so well uh, politically, and it's a very mm-hmm. dangerous place. Well, being such a high-profile trainer and winning so much made him a huge target. He was kidnapped once. They paid the ransom within a couple of days, and they gave him back. Kidnapping down there for ransoms isn't like an everyday thing. Well, the second time they kidnapped him was July 24, 2008. They pulled him from his house. Uh, They held him for 36 days. And over that span of time, he lost 50 pounds because they were just basically feeding him rice occasionally. Um, His daughter was so traumatized during that time that she stopped talking. She was three and she wouldn't talk anymore. My gosh. Uh, they were, you know, basically what happened when you got kidnapped is you paid. If you didn't pay, they started cutting off parts, and then they killed you at the end if 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 the family didn't pay. Well, they wanted $300,000 American, and they didn't have $300,000 American, so they had to borrow, and, and that's why it took 36 days to get them out. Now, apparently, they, they said, look, we're not going to kill you because we're not going to get anything, and they were really holding out and getting something from this guy. So they ended up paying him off. They dropped him off a half an hour from his house. He called his family. They came and got him. Uh, As I said, he had lost 50 pounds in 36 days. It tells you something. He told his wife immediately that we have to leave. We cannot stay here. So it's too dangerous. So they packed up. He left 160 horses behind. He took his two children, had no prospects and no money because they had just given it all over in ransom. And he came to Florida in 2009. He went to Calder Park, which was a a racetrack back then. I don't think Calder Park's even still open. Um, He set out to build a stable with nothing, and he took on one or two horses that people gave him. In his third race in April 2010, he won a $10,000 claimer. And and that got some attention of some people. So he started getting the claiming horses and building his barn. He ended up with 22 horses by a year later and ended up with some investors who sent him his big break was they sent him to the auction. And um, they said, okay, you go to the auction. And some Venezuelans who were living here backed him. They gave him a buying price between five and $40,000 and sent him to Keeneland. And that's where he got the horse that's in the Kentucky Derby. How do you say the name? Gunavera. Gunavera. So that's where he bought Gunavera for the whopping price of $16,000. And today uh, he's 11 and 2. Going into oh, the he's Kentucky won. Derby. He, he's won uh, one, over a million dollars. To give you an already. idea of the other horses that went through that auction, the same sale, Classic Empire, in the race, sold for 480000 Always Dreaming, 350000 And uh, J-Boy's Echo, 485000 And Battalion Runner, 700000 And here he is with a $16,000 horse on borrowed money uh, in the Kentucky Derby. By the way, he has never been to the Kentucky Derby. This is his first time. 
Of course he hasn't. I mean, God, he was kidnapped. He's never even seen it. I mean, he's never been there as a visitor either. Oh, so. that's so cool. That's such a great story. I yeah. mean, if you want to you want to pull for Gunavera, then definitely that's one to emotional pick. I do have another emotional pick that I'll go over. Uh, by the way, um, Gervin is going to be written by Mike Smith, <laughs> Classic <laughs> Empire, Julian Leperot, uh, Irap Mario Gutierrez, Irish Roy, War Cry, Rajiv Marat. Uh, let's see. Let's see. And we're going to talk about, let's see, we're at Practical Joke. Practical joke. I, I I love the trainer Chad Brown. I love this trainer, but it's almost like the name befits his being in the Derby. It's, it's terrible. He hasn't won a race since October in the Champagne Stakes, but he hasn't been less than third. He's he kind of always second or third since then. So, practical joke is one uh, that will be in there. Joel Rosario is the jockey. J Boys Echo is trained by Dale Romans hasn't been really lucky, uh, but he has fought his way to the top five several times. He's only won the Gotham stakes. And that was back in March. J boys echo will be ridden by Robbie Alvarado and he's by Mineshaft. Um, state of honor is another one. State of honor is trained by Mark Cassie. The jockey is Jose Les Lescano. And um, State of Honor is Canadian. So he must be nice. I mean, he's just nice. <laughs> Too uh, nice Cap- to win? <laughs> he's nice. He's just a really nice horse. He's Canadian, for God's sake. <laughs> Taprit is another horse. I love the silks on Taprit because it's just giant apple on the front of the silks and the back of the silks. Taprit is a three-year-old colt by Tappet. He was bred in Kentucky. And you were just talking about the horse that was purchased for you know, a cut $16,000. Uh, Taprit was purchased in Kentucky at the yearling sale for 1.2 million. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 1.2 million at the Saratoga. You just selected yearling sale. Now I really want the $16,000 horse to win. I know it's kind of cool. Uh, let's see the last race for tap Taprit was the bluegrass stakes and he came in fifth, but he won the South Tampa Bay Derby and he came in second in the Sam Davis stakes. And then first in the pulpit stakes. Isn't but he that one of was... the grays too? If he's by tap it, he's probably gray. Yeah. Um, we have the horse hence H E N C E owned by Calumet trained by Steve Asmussen. Florent Giraud is the, um, Jockey and his last race was the Sunland Derby and he won that one. And so he's coming off a win. There's another guy with and, about twelve horses in the race, Steve Asmussen. He's got a bunch. Uh-huh. Now I gotta tell you about this one. Do you remember Hansen? The horse, a solid white horse yes, that was yes, running yes, the yes. Derby. And I think it was at the Belmont that they his owner, the doctor, that he's yes. a um he's a doctor that uh, of what's the what is it? Plastic surgery. Yes, he was a plastic surgeon. That's right. Yep. Plastic surgeon. And he dyed Hanson's tail blue yes. for the race. And then they were like, you can't do that. So then they're like having to bleach his tail right before, right before the race. Uh, Kendall, Dr. Kendall Hanson owns a horse in the race named Fast and Accurate. Fast and Accurate. Do you know why he named him Fast and Accurate? <laughs> no. Do I want to? Because he says that's how he is in surgery. Well, I would I'm hope fat. so. He's cutting people's faces apart. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
the horse does really well if he breaks up front. He's this is the long shot of the race, by the way. He doesn't if he doesn't break first, he's last. He doesn't do well. He hasn't actually done any well, uh, very well at all, being uh, in the back of the pack. And actually, <laughs> Dr. Hansen said if he was handicapping the race because he kind of dabbles in handicapping, he was like, I wouldn't pick him. <laughs> like the, the the only race his horses won was at Turfway Park and it was the casino the Jack Cincinnati Casino Spiral Stakes a grade 3 race but it was at the mile and an eighth which is like the derby so fast and accurate <laughs> like my awesomeness um surgery fast and accurate like his drink sex um look <laughs> you're welcome for that one uh, McCracken, McCracken <laughs> is another horse that this horse is really awesome, but he had a minor ankle injury suffered in training on February 28th. And they've had a lot of questions about his derby, like if he was even going to run in the derby, but he won his first four starts and, uh, comfortably won the Sam Davis stakes, which was in February. Now he just recently ran in the bluegrass stakes post injury and came in third. And that was at Keeneland, but he won, um, the Kentucky jockey club, the Sam Davis stakes. Uh, and the, the injury supposedly was very minor. It just gave him a little bit of a rest, but they're saying that, you know, he had been off for months and he came back in, and finished third. So McCracken is kind of one to watch as well. Uh, in my opinion, Battle of Midway, Jerry Hollendorfer trained, and uh, let's see who's riding. Ba- Flavian Pratt is riding him. Uh, and Battle of Midway is a cool name, but the, the sire's name is Midway Circle. Um, the last race he went, ran in was the Santa Anita Derby, and same distance, and he came in second. So I think if he breaks well, he could be up there. And then we have Dear Sweet Patch. Oh, have you ever, have you heard of Patch? Yes, I have. have. Boy, that's been making the news everywhere, hasn't it? Well, it's because it's an awesome story. Especially in the horse world, yeah. Yeah, owned by Calumet Farm, trained by, who else? Todd Pletcher. Patch is not the most experienced racehorse, nor does he have the best odds. But, I mean, they have confidence in him to enter him. And, And the story of Patch is, Patch is a thoroughbred and who was named when he was you know, they all, they all get named just before they turn two. So he was named patch. He's by union rags. So that's why they named him patch. Like union rags. It's like a patch. Uh, that's how they got it. Well, about two and a half. Well, maybe right when he turns two, he had some tearing in his eye and they sent him to Haggard's and everything was done apparently to save this eye and they couldn't save it. So he was named patch. They had to take his eye out. I mean, he was named Patch first, wasn't named after. So he has one eye and he is running his last race. He came in second in the Louisiana Derby. And he is definitely an emotional favorite because a one-eyed horse has never won the Kentucky Derby. Uh, So it should be, it should be good. This uh, he's an emotional favorite for sure. But the irony um, there is just uh, just it's dripping. just <laughs> dripping. It's crazy. 
Untrapped is another Steve Asmussen trained horse. And uh, let's see, he came at last race was sixth in the Arkansas Derby, third in the Rebel Stakes before that. he The last, the only race he's ever won was his main special weight at Churchill Downs. That was six and a half furlongs. So a bit of a long shot. Um, untrapped. They don't even have a jockey listed yet. So good luck, dude. All right, um, looking at Lee is a Steve Asmussen trained horse. So another one there. Uh, we could keep going, but some of these may or may not even right. race. And we'll know that they, they do the draw for post today at 11 after the show's yeah. over. Yeah. And Sonneteer is the last one that's kind of in the in the, the mix there. Now, I, I do have funny. So so there's a really big derby nerd. Before online. you go on. Okay. Let me talk a little bit about uh, horselovers.com. So they're our title sponsor today, and we got to see them over the weekend. By the way, they had to have had a really good weekend at Rolex because the yeah. line to check out was like 40 deep the whole time. It was uh, it was crazy, and I did talk to uh, I talked to Chris and Tom over there yesterday, and they are working on some really cool stuff coming up that I can't talk about yet. But let me tell you, you're going to love the things that they have in store, and they were very pleased with how things went at Rolex. But they have a sale going on right now that you never see. You never see this on any website. If you're oh, looking Lord. for a Bates or a Wintech saddle, then hop on over to horselovers.com today and you're going to find, uh, like, well, let me give you an example. It, the Bates Innova dressage saddle that regularly goes for 2500 to 3000 is on sale for 1400 the uh, let me give you another one. If you're not into dressage saddles and you want a deep seat saddle, twenty five hundred to nineteen hundred. The Outback saddle, twenty eight hundred to twenty one hundred. They have their care saddles too. That's with the interchangeable system. They have the dressage saddles marked down five hundred dollars. The Wintex are marked down. So everything, you're going to find a big banner at the top of the page that says overstock, save hundreds of dollars on saddles and tack. They aren't kidding. I have never seen a sale like this on this type of saddle. So uh, they have the the Bates, uh, the Wintex for $800. Uh, the Isabels, they have the Care saddles marked down. It's just crazy, the prices right now on the saddles there. So the Pony saddles, by the way, are marked down, Jamie. The Wintech pony saddles. I need a pony saddle. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I brought it up. But it's just crazy, the sales there right now. So head on over to horselovers.com. I think our coupon code is still working. That's HRN at checkout. Gets you 10% off. So H, just put HRN in the coupon code at checkout, and it'll get you 10% off your order. So no matter what you're ordering over there, I mean, they always have the flash sales and everything going on. But right now, I just noticed that the uh, saddles were on sale, and it's just crazy sale. So if you're looking at one, now's the time to head over there. Well, cool. now, okay, go ahead. All right. We got about Let's two see. minutes. Oh, really? Yep. Okay, here we go. I'll go through this quickly. Derby nerd. I can't remember where I found this, but I liked it. So here we go. <clears throat> I'll run through it. Just one Sunland Derby runner has ever won the Kentucky Derby. So hence, probably won't. No sire has had more than one Kentucky Derby winner in the last 15 years. So that means horses with sires who've had recent Derby successes, Classic Empire and Gormley, which are Pioneer of the Nile and Uncle Mo. You can remove those guys. Only two horses since 1929 have won the Derby with 42 more days of rest, which means Thunder Snow 
and fast and accurate are can be eliminated. Horses with the first initial I only have a 5.4% win rate in the Derby, allowing us to cross IRAP and Irish war cry off the list. <laughs> the Toyota Bluegrass Stakes has produced 23 Derby winners, but only one since 1995, which means practical joke, J-Boys Echo, Tappert, and McCracken probably won't win. In case you've been keeping track now, the field has been cut to nine potential winners from 20 starters. Carrying on. Trainer Steve Asmussen is winless in the Derby from 15 tries, so we got to take him out, which means un Here's the other half the horses. Take him out of consideration. <laughs> Jockey Mike Smith <clears throat> only has one win from 22 mounts in the Derby, so his mount Gervin probably won't win. No maiden horse with zero, uh, no maiden, which is a horse with zero career wins, has ever won the Derby since 1933. So Sonneteer. You're out. Just one horse of this century won the Derby, having already made 10 or more career starts. That was California Chrome. So state of honor, you probably aren't going to win. So what we have now is we're down to four. Always Dreaming, Gunavera, Battle of Midway, and Patch. Yay! However, mine are however, in there. I had Gunavera, Patch, and Battle of Midway. I think you liked Irish Roller Cry, too, though. I Here did. we go. And That's my fourth. I'm going to carry it on. Every oh. Kentucky Derby winner after Apollo in 1882 has raced as a two-year-old. Patch did not, so he's off the Ugh. list. It's been 12 years since a horse won the Derby without a graded stakes win under his belt, so battle midway, you're out. In the last 21 years, just two Derby winners finished worse than second in their final prep race, meaning Gunavera, you are out. So that leaves, who's the winner? Always dreaming. There you go. <laughs> I believe it was that easy. <laughs> I like the rationale, though. It was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but I have Gunavera just sentimentally. I have Patch sentimentally. And I have Irish War Cry just because I like the name. So there we go. There's my picks. <laughs> you're, you're pretty good at picking because of the name. So I have done pretty well over the years, haven't I? <laughs> I really have. And the jockey, Rajiv Marah, Irish War, War Cries jockey, actually has like came back from a broken back and all this stuff. So, uh, well, let's, he's, uh, he's we're going to change gears. Story. We're going to come back to, we're going to come back to racing. We have Scott coming on, who is the host of Around the Track, which, by the way, we heard over the weekend from, every listener we talk to, that they love that show. Well, he also knows a lot about racing because he's with the Pollock Report. He's the editor over there. So are you saying that he's going to have more information and knowledge than me? Might be I mean, more extensive a little bit. Just saying. <laughs> We're going to talk more about that. But we do have a health segment to do. But before we get to the health segment, I got to tell you that uh, I got two messages yesterday. One from Jessica Phoenix, the eventer, and two-time Olympia, uh, Olympic eventer. And she was so freaking excited because she said, somebody wrote a song about me. And I thought what? she was kidding, you know? And then she sent me the link, and I, I went, wow, it does sound like it's about her. And then I heard, got an email about 10 minutes later from the record label. It's an indie record label called Roar Records. And Veronica Lowe wrote me it, and she said, I'm an inventor based in Canada. I'm also the owner of a record label, Roar Records. Our philosophy is to produce one song at a time with the focus on songs that are inspirational and uplifting. In that cool. spirit, we are proud that our first release in almost three years is a song inspired by Jessica Phoenix. And uh, it was sung. This song was sung by Elise Saunders. And this is Elise Saunders' first recording in a studio. Uh, 
So we have a we have a we have a rookie singing about a, a Olympian, and they wrote this song to be inspirational. And when I when I because I know Jess for what ten years, you think you think I have a thing for her, but I know Jess for ten years, and I'll her. tell you what, this is her story, and I'd like to play it for you now. The song is called Rise. It's by Elise Saunders. Show them what you're made of Dreams have no price tag Never come cheap Only you can chase yours You've got to believe Deep down inside You know you got this You're ready to shine It's your moment To light up the world With that fire in your eyes Like a powerful fear Like singing that song in her head while she was doing her victory gallop at Rolex, because uh, she was in the gallop. You know, yes, I mean, she was. She was seventeenth, I think. She was in the money. This she weekend. was in the money. Yeah. She got to gallop, and I was like, "Your time to ride. Come on!" Yeah, that how was many awesome. riders get a song written about them? And I loved how they used Phoenix in the song. I mean, it was really clever. It was clever how they did it. 
Yeah, that was really good. Good job, guys. Yeah, cool. very well done. You can buy that, by the way. Just uh, uh, we'll put a link to it in our show notes. And I'll also uh, after the show, I'll put a link to it also on our Facebook page at Horses in the Morning. But you can get it on iTunes. Just look for at least E-L-Y-S-E Saunders and you'll find it. It's called Rise. She has other songs in there, too. But this one's called Rise. You can buy it there. Good job, guys. And congratulations, Jess. You have a song about you. How cool is that? Do you think it's a ringtone? I, I should, must be by now, right? It's gotta be. <laughs> I mean, if it's not, she's looking for Actually, it right it now. Would on... make a, if you cut a piece of that out, it would make a really good ringtone. It really would. <laughs> so uh, I have some things we can talk about, fun facts about the Kentucky Derby before we get Scott on. But first, okay, I... and I've got some information about post positions that you're going to want to hear too, because the post is coming up very soon. The draw. Okay. Well, let me let me throw one statistic at you here, quick. Uh, the how many pounds of mint do you think they'll use for mint juleps at the Kentucky Derby on Saturday? Oh God, is there anything grosser than a mint julep? I don't know. So, a uh, hundred pounds. One That's a lot of thousand pounds oh of mint. One thousand. That's half a ton of mint, and mint's not heavy. They're leaves. No, that's like. <laughs> That's a lot of mint. Wow, that's like a tractor trailer load. <laughs> how and that's how nuts. many how much staff, how many employees do you think are working this weekend at Churchill Downs? Do you have a guess? Well, there was like 200 volunteers at Rolex, so uh, let's go with 200. 12,000 staff. <laughs> Way off, dude. Don't ask me more. It's embarrassing. <laughs> 12,000 staff. <laughs> 127,000 mint juleps. And oh, by the way, bourbon distillers hate mint juleps. They don't like mint juleps at all because it says it degrades their bourbon. Makes so, <laughs> it taste it's like just crap. Gross. <laughs> uh, bourbon's gross too, so... <laughs> uh, unless, of course, Woodford wants to sponsor our show. And then it's wonderful. It's wonderful bourbon. All right, sorry. Go ahead. Do they have vodka sponsorships for podcasts? <laughs> We could probably get some Russian company to sponsor us. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next. Does Bill Murray or one of those guys have a vodka company? I think I'm has pretty sure Justin Timberlake had one. Yeah. I mean, have to look that to. up. All right. All right. What's another fact? Oh, I thought you you were going to, you wanted to jump in. Uh, I have more. Yeah. I have a lot of more. Um, the 13 of the 15 riders in the first derby were African-Americans. Black jockeys won 15 of the first 28 derbies. Uh, they were riders back then. Um, 14 female trainers have competed with Shelly Riley, uh, came in second on Casual Lies in 1992, coming the closest to winning. Who was next? Uh, I would have to go with the Mucho Macho Man's trainer. No, no, this is jo jockey. Uh, oh, yeah, that's, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Uh, who was the closest to winning in the jockeys, the female jockeys? Donna Brothers? Nope. Uh, Think what's her modern. Name? Think modern. Just retired. 
Oh, Rosie? Yeah, Rosie Napravnik. That's correct. She came in fifth. She's a good writer. Yeah, she came in fifth. Uh, and if I had gone up to the Secretariat Center, I could have met her the other day. She was apparently up there. And, I thought and, you already and, met her, and she, like, totally yeah, dissed Yeah, she blew you. me off. Yes, that's right. But I could have met her again, and maybe it would have gone better the second time. I'm pretty sure that everybody we've talked to is like, well, I mean, yeah, she's a good writer. <laughs> But then, like, some people really like her because I guess you got to talk to her about um, off the track thoroughbreds, retired. Four horses, including Triple Crown winners, whirl away in assault in 1941 and 1946, dominated by eight lengths. Only eight times has there been a photo finish where the margin was just by a nose. You know, it seems like when you watch races, they're all like photo finishes, a lot of them, because those are the ones you remember. But apparently, only eight times in the last 140 years have there been photo finishes. Yeah. The oldest living winner is Sea Hero 25, who stands at stud in Turkey. Odd uh, little uh, thing. Um, Sea Hero's still alive? 25 years old. Bless his heart. How many of the females that attend the Kentucky Derby will be wearing hats? You can get close on this one. Oh, like 100%. Yeah, pretty close. Like 90% will. Uh, And they said it's actually hard to get in the female bathrooms. Because of the line with all the women with hats, uh, the lines are longer because they have to stand further apart, which I thought was funny. (laughs) Um, Oh, my God. That's hysterical. (laughs) <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, let's see here. The first uh, female rider in uh, jockeying was Diane Crump, was the first in 1970, okay. by the way. And then, uh, it, let's see here. One other one I had. Uh, what was it? Of the last 26 Derby winners, eight were post-time favorites. And I would, I would have said, I wouldn't have said eight. I would have been less than that, actually, as yeah, favorites. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because it seems like we've had a bunch of the long shots winning, you know, like my net bird. Um, yeah. So it just seems like that's been that way. But It was for a while, there was like no favorite ever wins. And then all of a sudden, it kind of made a shift. All right. And I need to, so why don't you give us some other bits of information? Because I, I forgot to give uh, Jennifer the phone number for Scott. I have to do that. Okay, no worries. Um, so in the the post positions, which are going to be drawn at I think eleven Eastern today, um, we've got in post position number one. The most recent winner from post position number one was Ferdinand in nineteen eighty six. Number post position two, most recent winner affirmed in nineteen seventy eight. Post position number three, the last winner was Real Quiet in ninety eight. Super Saver came out of post position number four and California Chrome in 2014 broke from the five. Sea Hero in 1993 uh, was in the sixth position. So that was 1993, Sea Hero. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's a long time ago. And it shouldn't be that long ago, but by God, it that's a long time ago, sadly. Street Sense broke out of the seven position in 2007. Mind that bird, which you just mentioned, 2009 out of the eight. Reaver Ridge in 1972 came out of the nine. So Noble Horses won out of the nine. Oh, even I got one even longer. So Reaver Ridge. Giacomo won out of the 10 in 2005. Winning colors. Nice little filly. Won in 1988 out of the 11 post. Cannonero in 1971 came out of the 12. 
Nyquist was in the 13. Carrie back in 1961. No horse has won out of the 14th post since 1961. Crazy. American Pharaoh, I remember they were like, oh my God, he's so far outside with the 15. Yeah, he won. Animal Kingdom, 16, same story. But he was like, oh my God, he's in the 16. It's impossible for him to win. Animal Kingdom won. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Guess what year? 17. Post position, the stall 17. Guess when the last time a horse won was? Uh... Never. I'll tell you, never. (laughs) No horse has ever won coming out of 17. Do you think they draw 17? They're like, damn it. Or they're like, we're going to go for it. Anyway, Gato del Sol came out of the 18 in 1982. I'll have another in 2012 out of the 19. And bless his heart, Big Brown, 2008, came out of the 20, around all the way from, it's impossible He'll never win. He was a favorite. He'll never win. He's coming out of the post position to gate 20. Yeah, he won. So give me the break. He can do it. By the way, the um, using stats to pick the winner, what I ran through came from America's Best Racing, Christina Moore. There you go. That was very funny earlier. (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny. All right. We're going to get some help now with our Derby coverage. We have, as we mentioned, Scott from the Pollock Report. This is embarrassing because I'm such a fan and he just heard me talk about nonsense. So, yes. (laughs) Scott is with us. He's from the Pollock Report and, of course, host of our newest, fastest upcoming show here on the Horse Radio Network, Around the Track. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Glenn. Uh, appreciate having me on. Where are you at? Are you in Louisville? Yeah, I'm in I'm in Louisville, just about a mile from Churchill Downs right now, and uh, getting ready to head over for the post position draw, which happens uh, at eleven o'clock and is always a crucial element of any uh, any Kentucky Derby. Well, I, I we, we're going to have to we're going to have to get your report fast. Then, if you're, you're going to get over there, I got to tell you though, real quick though, we were at Rolex over the weekend in Lexington and saw a ton of our listeners, and everybody unanimously is loving around the track. They're loving. Oh, that's it. great to hear. I, I'm glad to hear that. I've enjoyed it so far, and uh, we've gotten a lot of good feedback as well from uh, uh, Pollock Report readers and uh, listeners of, of the uh, podcast. Well, we uh, we got to see. We Cal- even told, by the way, Duncan Taylor how how big the show is getting and how much good feedback. So we got to see Duncan Taylor over at Taylor Made. So we were bragging on you a little bit. Oh, that's, that's great, great. And yeah, Duncan is is a great guy, and and he's he's just so forward thinking and progressive in terms of what he's done with with Taylor Made. Uh, that that organization is involved in so many different things that you wouldn't even realize. You know, for a thoroughbred farm. Like the tourism angle, he's, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. So I'm, I'm glad that he is uh, uh, on board with us. Oh, definitely. Awesome. And he is such a visionary when it comes to that. You know, we always said when we lived in Lexington years ago that why are these farm, you know, if racing is going to make it, it has to be more accessible to the fans. And, and you know, they're yeah. finally figuring that out after all these years. 
Uh, exactly. Yeah. Now, we, you did uh, your last one ep- around the track episode six was with Art Sherman, California Chrome, obviously, Art Sherman. And we got to meet California Chrome and spend a little bit of private time with them, Jamie and I. So that was really cool to listen to that on the way up and then to actually get to meet California Chrome. It was kind of like a circle and it was really cool. Oh, that's, Scott, that's great. I'm, I'm yeah. When he says private time, that means when the tour group left, he and I ran back to the stall and like yeah. harassed the room. <laughs> so well, we are reporters. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever work, whatever work, you know. <laughs> that's yeah, great. That's, that's great. You got a chance to, to to meet him and spend some time with him because he's, you know, obviously he's one of the most popular Kentucky Derby winners ever. Yeah, no yeah. doubt about it. No question. Well, Absolutely. let's talk about this Kentucky Derby. We've been talking about it for an hour, but now we actually have somebody on that knows something. So <laughs> this would be great. You watch it. I, I was reporting like an unflappable reporter. I had my facts. I might have screwed up a couple times, but whatever. I tried. Well, well, what do you, well, what do you have, Jamie? What do you have? Well, well what I, do you... I wasn't able to, to listen. Oh my! Well, I just kind of went over. I went over every horse, and I gotta say that uh, I, I mean, I'm I'm just kind of emotionally attached to Gormley simply because it's the Zenyatta connection. You know, we've got the Mosses and John Sheriffs, and he just came off a win in the Santa Anita Derby. So I really like that emotional pick. Is obviously Patch because he's kind of he's Patch, (laughs) you know. He's got, he's got one eye. Yeah, he's I mean, special. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> he's got one eye. He's amazing. <laughs> At Gunavera, we told the story of Antonio, his, uh, the trainer, and okay. told his whole story. And so I kind of, you know, emotionally, I, I'm kind of rooting for Gunavera. I don't know, even know what his odds are at this point. but uh, Although he's, he's going to be one of the favorites. I mean, he's, to be honest, he oh, hasn't man. looked spectacular this week. Uh, you know, he started out looking pretty good and and last few days maybe not as much but certainly that horse can come from behind and uh will probably show up in the derby he's definitely going to be one of the favorites all right so who are you looking at who if you're picking your top five who are you looking at and why you've been there all week yeah well i'll tell you the horse that the, the horse that i really like in terms of his uh presentation during the week um, and also the fact that he is undefeated at Churchill Downs in three starts is McCracken. Um, we actually put a GoPro on him on his workout on Sunday, and then that that's going to be available on the Pollock Report this afternoon. Oh, cool. And it's spectacular to watch. It's spectacular to watch, and you also get an analysis from the jockey, Brian Hernandez, and trainer Ian Wilkes about what's going on during the workout as it's happening. Um, so definitely check that out uh, for one thing, but McCracken, he just feel, he just looks so smooth and he loves the track. And I think the bluegrass stakes is kind of uh, a race that on paper looks not that great because I wrap a horse that hadn't won a race. Uh, he was a maiden going into the race. He won at 31 to one. But the horses behind him are all pretty good. So I'm thinking that that race is better than it actually appears. So Practical Joke, who finished second, McCracken third, J-Boys Echo fourth, and Caprit fifth. I like all of those horses. Mm -hmm. So I like all four of them 
to come back and be much better in the Kentucky Derby. My pick so, will be McCracken. Um, so even I like with all the, those, like those, the, the injury that he had, you're thinking he's, he's all the way over it and totally fine. Oh, and good yeah. to go. Cool. He is. And, and okay. So the, you know, the, the Ian Wilkes, um, on, under the tutelage of Carl Nasker, who trained street sense to win the Derby in 2007. Now Wilkes is obviously out on his own, but he knows how to get a Derby horse ready. And he did not have McCracken all the way ready to go for the bluegrass. I mean, the target is Saturday, the first Saturday in May. Mm -hmm. And he knows, he knows that. So that's why I'm high on McCracken. Irish war cry is another horse that I really like because he's by Curlin. He looks like a horse that wants to go a mile and a quarter. Um, and he's, he's a pretty good story too. He's a New Jersey bred. There's only been a couple of New Jersey breads to win the Derby, including famously regret the Philly in 1915, but the last one was 1934. So it's been a long time. Um, and then the other storyline is Calumet farm. So Calumet to this day is still the, uh, farm that has bred the most Kentucky, Kentucky Derby winners. That's eight. But they haven't had a winner since 1968. <laughs> so it's been decades. They haven't been relevant. They have three starters in this year's race, including the one you like, Patch. Mm. So that is a that's a cool storyline to me. And um, so, what have they done my, different? I say, I'm sorry, just real quick about about Calumet. Well, well, that's a good question, and I think the answer is. They've bred uh, a lot to AP Indy mares. Uh, Brad Kelly, the man who owns Calumet, he is, he's by all accounts a recluse and doesn't talk to anyone. Mm. And not, not in the media anyway. I mean, no one's even seen a picture of him in 10 years. I mean, that's the kind of the weird angle. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so if he shows up in the winner's circle, <laughs> they win. I mean, that would be kind of interesting. But he bought a bunch of AP Indy mares to breed. And, uh, I guess that's sort of his angle. He loves AP Indy mares. And of course, AP Indy has been one of the greatest stallions in recent memories. So, um, I think that's one of the reasons that he's been successful. Uh, you know, he's got a horse named Sonneteer who ran, uh, really well late in the Arkansas Derby and he has patch and he has one other horse in the race, um, hence who won the Sunland Derby. He's got a chance too. So. It's interesting. That's I, cool. That's cool. To I hear. like to bet on the long shots because I like to lose money, Scott. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so if you were going to pick a long mm -hmm. shot, uh, what would be your long shot? Yeah. Pick? It would be looking at Lee, who is uh, trained by Steve Asmussen. He came out of the Arkansas Derby. If you watch the Arkansas Derby um, and you know which horse is looking at Lee, it's unmistakable because he was weaving in and out of the stretch, um, you know, going inside of horses, outside of horses, and he still managed to finish third, beating only a length and a half to Classic Empire, the possible favorite in the Derby, mm -hmm. the juvenile champion from last year who won the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Look, so, and looking at Lee looks fantastic. Um, that would be my long shot pick, and I'm definitely going to play him. In the uh, in the trifecta, super trifecta. 
Now, Scott, I, I know that you have been to so many of the derbies, uh, lucky, lucky guy that you are. So t- tell me about kind of like your favorite derby experience. Well, <laughs> um, I, a couple of them come to mind. You know, I haven't been in the business long enough to go like way back. So mm-hmm. um, I actually, in 2011, when I kind of first was getting into the industry, I had, uh, I picked the trifecta for the Derby online before the race. And it, it, and, it, and people were, we, we were doing a chat room and people were laughing at it and it came <laughs> in. It was animal kingdom, mucho macho man and Nero. Wow. And it paid, it paid $2,000 to one, $2,000 to one. That was my favorite, and I did bet it. Who was laughing <laughs> <Twice>. then? Cha-ching! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also picked Orb to win um, in 2013, and I really liked him. And to see him come from way, way back in the slop, that was fun for me. Um, and, of course, American Pharaoh, um, in hindsight, going all the way to win the Triple Crown, uh, that that whole experience. So. The week of the Derby, when American Pharaoh was the was the favorite, I mean, everybody was talking about American Pharaoh. This year, you, you can't find consensus on the backstretch at all. I, I don't even know who's going to be the favorite. I think it'll be Classic Empire, but Always Dreaming uh, is also considered possibly the favorite. But he's he's had, and he's he looks spectacular winning the Florida Derby, but he's been w- using draw reins this week. Yeah, that's weird, he's right? Just, he's an anxious horse, and I think 165,000 people uh, is going to be a problem for him. He looks a lot better after using the draw reins, so that's that's a, that's a positive. I just I'm just not sure if he's going to get too keyed up and lose the race in the in the post parade. See, but now, he's also so talented, you know. Draw reins, basically, they're putting draw reins on to keep him under control, correct? Because he's like trying to buck right. the rider off and being all silly, and 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 that's not something you usually make a switch to the week before the Derby, right? <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. And he, obviously, he can't use them in the Derby, right? So it's just a tool. It you know, he's they're just hoping muscle memory, but uh, will work in the Derby. But I mean, like you said just a few days, I think it takes longer than that to instill that muscle memory. Oh, it so definitely that he does. Yeah. And it can make him Palmer. sore too. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's some muscle soreness that's using a whole different, Oh, I don't like them anyway. Now, Jamie, it's interesting. You said that <laughs> Scott about, about, you know, no favorite because before the show, Jamie said, this is a hard one to talk about. I just can't put my finger on there's no, there's no yeah. front runners here. It's kind of a weird year that way. It is. And that's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of fun though, because the last four years, the post time favorite has won the race mm-hmm. orb, California, Chrome, American Pharaoh, Nyquist were all the favorites when the gates opened. Like big time favorites. And People were just positive with those horses, you know? Yeah. And they all won. And this, you know, and, it's kind of fun though, to have the possibility of a long shot every once in a while. In fact, so the last time that there were five consecutive favorites was the 1800s. 
So <laughs> history says we're going to have a long shot this year. <laughs> well, and then speaking of long shots, then give me give me your rundown on um, fast and accurate. Uh, in, in a word, two words, no chance. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think he has no chance. Absolutely. Don't if get Jamie started on, on his own. Well, okay, so, but, but, <laughs> don't get her started. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> well, Mike maker, the trainer at the uh, trainer's dinner last night told a fabricated story about how Kendall Hansen put the horse into the race because he hit, uh, he won $200,000 in scratch off tickets, <laughs> which oh was, it was a, it was a hilarious story. But in my, in my head, I was thinking he's telling this story because he does not think that his horse belongs in the Kentucky Derby. That's the bottom line. Because the horse and, wasn't and, even and, nominated. And, they had to pay the $200,000 to even get him to be nominated for the I'm race. Saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And <laughs> Mike Maker made a joke out of it by saying that, <laughs> plastic surgery is a good got, business. Got money, but... <laughs> it's a good business to be in plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. But he the, he was just joking that he got the money by winning scratch scratch off tickets, and the whole play. I mean, Mike Maker is not known for his humor, so it, it was like the it was kind of one of the highlights of the night. <laughs> it was really funny. But fast, fast and accurate is going to go out. To the lead. I mean, right. that's what his—that's what Hanson says. So he's going to try to. I mean, he could affect the pace though, if he's you know if he's pushing it. If he um, gets that the could deck it up at the apple cart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott, I know you have to go. You have to get over there for eleven o'clock. So thank you so much for joining us this morning. I, I you know, I'm I'm begging our listeners if you're into racing at all and you have not tried around the track yet. You really need to. This this show has grown faster than any show that we've ever put out in nine years. And Scott, you do such a great job with it. It it re- really has that NPR feel and the storytelling feel, uh, and it just is so well done. And you obviously do your research and spend a lot of time on it. So so thank you for that. And uh, well, too, I gotta say that you know it was like a transition in your in your. All of a sudden, when you talked to Donna Brothers, it became less just a NPR story and more of a conversation. And I really like that because you as a person are so interesting and you have so much to add. So I, you know, from then on, like, I feel like it's shifted a little bit and I really love hearing more from you as well. So I love the the show. You're doing a great job. I, I appreciate it guys. Thanks so much for the, the feedback. That, that's nice to hear. Well, go, go have some fun uh, watching the Derby. Yeah, well, the, the post positions are obviously uh, important. The the one people sometimes think that you don't want an outside post in the derby, but actually the worst place to be is the mm-hmm. one post position. So whoever draws that, that's like the death now. A horse has not won from there since 1986. And uh, uh, it's, yeah. it's, every, every trainer is crossing their fingers they don't get the one hole. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I, so I was we'll saying that Ferdinand in 1986 and then you've got like people for, like I, they always go oh you don't want to get 20 you don't want to get 20 but Big Brown won from there so it has been done just wait what do you think about post yeah, position yeah. 17 <laughs> well I know that's just to, to me that's just an anomaly that it hasn't won um, it's just a random 
kind of thing because 16 and 18 are fine and 15. So that's just, that's just <laughs> so a weird fast and accurate gets 17 and wins the race. This is going to be one hell of a year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Scott. Take care. Right, he's, Scott. he's, uh, he's, all right, all right, take care. Pollock Report uh, is bye-bye. where you can find all of the coverage uh, that Scott does. And, of course, uh, he has that terrific podcast called Around the Track here on the Horse Radio Network. You can find uh, it on our app. He wanted to say something. He wanted to say something there, but uh, he stopped it. Yeah, he has to get going. He has to get over there. I'll be blamed. if I told him 15 minutes. I'll be, I didn't want to be blamed for him missing the draw. You know, Pollock Report is one of the biggest and most influential websites for the racing world and you know i remember mm-hmm. when that first started it was like the drudge report you remember that yeah uh, it was all just was... a list of uh of headlines from different articles and uh then they changed it and actually when they first changed it i didn't like it i liked the drudge report for, uh rep- format that he had going but now that i'm used to it i really like it so uh the reporting over there is just excellent they really do a good job <clears throat> and we're, you know, I got to say, we're proud to have that show on the network. We really are. Uh, it, it's really good. And and uh, and there, now we got some pre- professional opinions, <laughs> not just ours. Awesome. Although we could be considered professionals. We do this for a living. I just like that he thought the um, fast and accurate was r- as ridiculous <laughs> as I did. That's funny. <laughs> and obviously the trainer does, too. <laughs> That was funny. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, one other thing before we go, on a personal note, did I see you entered your horse, Zeus, in a something? I did. What did you do? I went to Rolex. I went to Rolex. That's what happened. If they go to Rolex, uh... so I'm like, son of a gun, I need to get back out there. And And it just so happens... That uh, what I was what I've been pl- planning to do is run him novice in July, but I'm like I'm not prepared at all for something like that. So I decided um, when I when I got home from Rolex, it's like they knew and they sent out a reminder email. Hey, last couple of days to enter for the spring Coconino. Like dang it, I gotta do it. I got to do it. So uh, I entered and sent my baby novice, baby pre-novice. No, (laughs) beginner novice. Like it's like two nine. I mean, it's it's no joke. So um, yeah, two six, two nine. So uh, I'm, I am entered and I just went beginner novice this time because it's only done one horse trial and that was a year ago. And only because I had already entered Thor and realized Thor would never do it. Like I would die. So that's when I entered Zeus and I had only been riding him like two months. So I feel like we could have some big improvement and actually have a clean uh, cross country round this time. That's my goal. No stops, baby. And when's that? The end of this month? May 27th and 28th is the horse trial. So, um, yeah. I, I, oh, my God. I'm really nervous talking to you about it. <laughs> <laughs> I was surprised. I was a little surprised, to be honest. Uh, I went to Rolex. Like, yeah, that's what happens to me every year. I drink the Kool-Aid, and I'm like, I can do this. <laughs> well, guess, ask Jennifer what she was doing yesterday. Oh, what'd you do, Jennifer? Jennifer, what were you doing yesterday? You were out jumping your horse, too, so apparently somebody else got a little bit of the bug. I was! <laughs> I was jumping my horse yesterday. 
See, it's like they it's what they sell in the Kool-Aid there at um at Rolex. They just make you think that you can do anything. And so, you know, that the problem is I took my husband to Rolex and now when he goes to beginner novice, he's like, This is lame. Where's those five foot jumps? I know. What's wrong with you? Why aren't you doing I'm gonna put uh, I'm gonna put a computer in Nigel's stall and I'm going to replay badminton and Rolex. I'm gonna replay Michael Young's round for Nigel because he still needs a little confidence building. I got a little over ambitious yesterday and Uh we had to regroup. (laughs) Uh oh, uh oh. She didn't like, have a, I can jump that. She didn't have a jump crew either. And apparently she had a lot of practice getting on and off. So uh there yes, was that. Yeah. A lot. A lot. <laughs> Where the hell were you, Glenn? That's what your job I, is. I, is I, I was kind of working. So I yeah. <laughs> I was kind of mm-hmm. doing my job. Well, I also wanted to remind everybody that uh and I got this message from Alex Smith. Thank you very much. Uh our friends over at Horse Racing Radio Network are broadcasting each morning from eight to ten at the Churchill backstretch and interviewing a bunch of people and theirs are put out as podcasts as well so that's the horse racing radio network uh and that's about it for today we are back tomorrow it's the draft horse day first thursday of every month is draft horse day they have a ton of guests lined up as they usually do it's a jam-packed show and it's one of my favorite every month because i just love talking about draft horses and i really want to own one again someday but that'll be tomorrow morning. Jamie will be back on Friday. We're, we have the Reeves coming on, don't we, Jennifer? Didn't you book the Reeves? We did. They're going to co- co- come by first thing in the morning. They have a horse running in the Ali Sheba Stakes on Friday afternoon. So I can't wait to hear about that. And they'll be there. And, of course, we'll get the What is Patty Reeves Wearing report, as we do every year yes. for the Kentucky Derby. Obviously. <laughs> we'll have that. What shoes is she going to wear? So, And also, we have another special thing happening. I wanted to mention this. If you're not into racing, uh, uh, I understand it is Derby Week, so uh, we, we have to cover it somewhat. I know we have some of our listeners that are just not into racing. But we have something really cool, and I think, Jamie, you're going to like this, too. And I don't even think you know about this yet. But uh, Denise was able to get booked. Uh, a very special guest on, on Friday's show. We have, uh, we have David Thelwell, who is the grandson of the Thelwell, and Gene Abernathy are coming on together. So we're going to be talking to them a little bit about the new books that are out, the new Thelwell books, as well as his experience and, you know, the family lore uh, that dates back from what the 1950s is when the Thelwell books started. So we're going to learn all about that. Now that you have a pony. Yes. Uh, that, now, to look like a Thelwell pony, yours is going to have to gain about a thousand pounds. But, She's going to have to eat a bit. Yeah. She's working on it. She's going to have to eat She's another pony, pretty much, uh, to, to look it. like that. But that's coming up on Friday, too, and I'm very excited about that, as well as Really Bad Ads. So all of that coming up later this week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. It's good to be back live, and we'll see you all tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern. All right, spay, neuter, geld. Have a good one.